Did they make contact? No, I don't, I don't know. It's pretty close, but this is going to be a drag wow. race. Right Look there. at this. Moves him wow. to win it. Carl Edwards bumping, dump, and run. Here comes Gordon right up to the bumper again. Did you hear that wheel spin, Ben? Yeah, I did hear that wheel spin. <laughs> the bump and run. There it is. And made a really turn around. Made a rally schedule. Oh, uh, yeah. Welcome to the Bump and Run Podcast. I'm your host, Michael D. White, joined by my two best friends, Matt the Statman Riley and Eric Daytona Ron. Good evening, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good morning, wherever you are in the world. And whenever you're listening to this show, if you're liking it, make sure you like, share, subscribe. Available every other Monday night, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. And every Tuesday morning, video available on YouTube. It's the off-season. We're doing it every other week. But uh, I lied to you guys. Last week, we, we skipped an extra one. We, we took three weeks off. I, I, I apologize. I know you've been asking for, for the show. Uh, but we're here. we got tons and tons of news to talk about. First, gentlemen, how was, uh, I guess, the last three weeks? Um, we were going to do it last Monday, and then we pushed it to Wednesday because Richard Petty Motorsports had some big news on Tuesday, we wanted to hear, and then we were going to do a Wednesday night, but Matt, you uh, you had to take your dog to the vet, and I think Eric went to go see Ario Speedwagon. So, uh, how how's everything on on the home fronts for you guys? Yeah, that was a scheduled vet vet uh, appointment, just a, a routine checkup. So everything's all good with my Chase man, and uh, good man, just getting ready for Christmas. You know how the grind is. Like I I every year come like June. I always tell myself, you know what? I'm going to really, I'm going to buy all the presents I need to get. Yeah. I'm going to get it out of the way. So by the time the holidays come around, I can just enjoy it. And then it's like December 5th. And I'm like, I haven't done a damn thing yet. So every year it happens. So here we are. Same boat, dude. Like I'm looking at the date right now. It's the 13th. I'm like, we, I got what? 12 days, yeah. the 12 days of Christmas. Is that, it, That's the song, right? We're counting them down. How about so, you? How about you, Eric? How's it going? It's going good, you know, going good, going good. I can't complain. You know, like you said, I went to see uh, REO Speedwagon on Wednesday night um, at Penn's Peak, which is uh, only about probably about a 35 minute ride from uh, where we are here. And I've never been to that venue. And I'll tell you what, awesome place to go see a show. Um, it's very, I would say, personal. Oh, uh, yeah. Venue be um i wouldn't say like small but it's i i think it seats like about two thousand wood on the inside the sound was great there's no bad seat in the place no yeah uh, for and- for people listening it is a great venue for people listening it's only about 20 minutes away from pocono raceway yeah it's in uh the jim thorpe area um so it's like the lehigh valley area where pocono raceway is real close to there just jump on the turnpike when uh when you get down here but yeah awesome place to see a show i was actually there on saturday seeing a bob seeger tribute band night moves or no hollywood nights they were they were awesome but like you said it's like super intimate and and they get like cool acts like like you said ario speedwagon was just just there i wanted to go see joan jett she's supposed to play down there in a, a little bit like like those bands where like they wouldn't fill uh an arena they might fill a theater, but this is like a little bit smaller than a theater, you know? I haven't been to a show, to a concert, and I love concerts so much. I haven't been to a show since before COVID. Like, I've been to sporting events and stuff like that, but yeah. I think the last 
concert I saw was Garth Brooks in Pittsburgh. I miss concerts. Yeah, me too. Uh, in fact, w- weirdly, uh, this was the first real concert I've gone to uh, was Hollywood Nights, the Bob Seger tribute band. The last concert I went to before everything got shut down was Hollywood Nights at Penn's <laughs> Peak. Uh, like literally a week before like all hell broke loose with COVID and everything. Besides like the infield block party concert at Pocono Raceway right, this past right. summer. But like, I don't count that. That was kind of like included or whatever. You know yeah. what though, dude, that concert M80, the band M80 is one who does the infield concert at Pocono. Yeah, they were it was awesome. phenomenal. Yeah. That's probably why I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I mean, that, that and the 30 beers we drank that day, but I it was, was the first concert I was at in probably two years. I was going to say, Matt, I don't think you were with us. I think our, our group got split. I think I was with Eric at the time during the M80 concert. Where like I had my eyes closed, I was rocking out. Oh, like, I was hard. there. I was there. Were you there? Okay. <laughs> and like supposedly, I fell asleep standing up listening to M80, but I'm pretty sure I was just soloing guitar. We're just you in know, the moment. We're <laughs> yeah. just in the moment, soaking yeah. it all, dude. I mean, that was Saturday night after we saw a truck race, a cup race, drank a million beers, and then it was like ten o'clock at night. You know, it's it's, it's a long afternoon and night. You know. But, yeah, I just think though, like I've been wanting to go see REO. This is for two years now, and obviously, it just kept getting postponed, postponed, yeah. postponed. So we bought the tickets on a whim that previous Saturday. So like on like four days' notice, we bought some tickets, and um, I was notified the following Thursday after the concert by my father that I'm no longer allowed to take my mother to concerts anymore. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, little, we got a little too good up. of a time. Yeah, we got a little tuned up. She left her phone in in uh, you know, uh, my buddy Colin's dad's car on the way home. She had no phone. We both missed work the next day. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and Eric, Eric, your mom's your mom's a small lady too. Oh, you yeah, gotta be careful. Feeding her wine. Oh, I was I was drinking. <laughs> I, was drinking uh, I think I was drinking Coors Light on draft, and I was getting her like White Zinfandel wines and. Nice. Oh, we were putting them back, dude. We 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 enjoyed ourselves that REO show, man. It, they killed it. Hey, here's the thing, though. It, it's been a long time since we could go out and do stuff like that. I'm sure your mother hasn't been to a concert since all this started happening. Oh, exactly. She was she it, was extra thrilled to be out. And and you know what? I think that's why. Like, not to get like too off topic here, but you guys, I'm sure you like me. You see those fights happen at sporting events all the time now where you just see videos every week of like, I think I saw some Rams fans getting into it over the weekend. They're like punching each other in the face in the crowd and stuff like that. I think because people have just been kept inside for so long and like, they're just raring to get out that like, as soon as you let them loose, people turn to animals, you know, yelling at their TV at home and and like, you know, beating their wives up or something. Now they just take it out on the guy sitting in seat F nine next to them. You know what I mean? I hope no one's beating their wives up watching a sporting event. Anyways, Uh, football fans are crazy, bro. Like some of the videos that go around on the internet, dude, is insane. Well, I don't condone that kind of behavior, please. I don't condone that either, dude, but I'm telling you, you would go to a soccer game, dude. You so- well, well, people get crushed at soccer games. Dude, soccer games, they, they like light the, they light the, the field on fire and shit. Absolutely like soccer insane. games over in Europe get wild. Well, there's a reason why they call them hooligans. To wrap this back in, I've been going to NASCAR events since 2012. Never seen a fight at a NASCAR event. Me neither. Never. Never. Um, never. Like, I mean, I don't even know if I've really ever gotten into an argument. No, I don't. 
I'd have to ask my dad because he's been going to them a lot longer than we have if, if he's ever seen one. But you know what? Like that, that kind of shows like the kind of fan NASCAR fans are like we're it's a family when you go to these yeah. to these events. I've, I mean, we always you always like yell at people who like who's wearing like, you know, gear of drivers you don't like you, but you always bust balls. But there's never, ever that I could think of it. Never been a problem. Yeah. Well, I did- or accepting because like we understand it you know what i mean like okay like i'm gonna bust your balls like you could bust mine but like when it comes to other sports like you said whitey like oh a rams fan is talking to like a 49ers fan and like you they could bust each other back and forth but like you said it's gonna lead to an altercation oh yeah that dude it never leads that you laugh about it you giggle and you you kind of move on you know I, i think i think because there's so many different drivers and stuff like that you know like when you're in the crowd at a rams game and you're like it's a home game or whatever you're amongst you're amongst yeah it, you're amongst sixty thousand so, people that are have the same like minded yeah you. yeah so when you're an opposing team it's like being a cowboys fan and going to see the cowboys play at the eagles stadium like you don't wear a cowboys shirt because you're gonna get harassed and you're gonna get beer right. thrown on you because philadelphia sports fans are savages right yeah. but when you go to a nascar event it's not like oh the whole crowd is this one guy's fan and the one, everyone else is like the enemy of that, you know? So I think that's where it kind of differs. You know what else too, though, is like with us, especially, we probably don't see a lot of fights because like our group of friends, like we get along with everyone Yeah, like that. Have you ever noticed that? Like wherever we go, whether it's a bar we're, or we're a just sporting event or a concert, we make friends. So that's probably another reason why we don't see a lot of fights. Well, I think cause all we're all friendly guys, you know? Yeah. Every year at Pocono, I come away with a new lifelong friend out of it. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's insane. Like anyone that camps next to us, they turn into a friend, you know what I mean? And like, we try to camp next to them, you know, year in and year out. And, and yeah, like I, I do like, it's make, it makes me feel good about our sport in that aspect because, you know, there are some things that we get, you know, obviously busted our balls about, you know, being NASCAR fans and whatnot, oh, yeah. but I, I'm proud to say that like when you're there and you go like, We've done it this summer where we changed a lot of people's perceptions, um, general perception of it for yeah. sure. Well, and, and that's the thing too. Um, I saw a great tweet. I forget who it was by. It, it was on a regular like NASCAR commentators um, Twitter, like a NASCAR Twitter guy. And uh, he said, the one thing about NASCAR is we could all have rivalries against each other's drivers and stuff. But when someone outside of the sport attacks NASCAR as a sport, we all like, we all have yeah. each other's backs, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like that that's goes to show for the fan experience too. You know, like We're I went, protective. yeah. And like, I went down, I met like all of your guys' people that you've met throughout the years. And they're like, Oh, you're cool with him. You're cool with us. You know, it's like one yeah. of those deals, that's you know, exactly how it works. Yep. Yep. And look, and, I still let my, you know, my, my cousin Treader, I still let his wife come over to the house and watch the races. Yeah. I don't, wear the 22 shirt or colors but she's allowed over i mean if she wears that logano shirt she could watch through the window but right. she's still right. at the house with you but guys there right and yeah. that's what matters in february in, in in the northeast freezing cold outside hey if you wanted to be warm watching the daytona 500 you should have gone in person <laughs> all right you guys want to jump into the nascar news we got like three weeks to talk about so we last left you uh, on November 23rd is now December 13th. Um, 
we'll just fly through a lot of these. Spire Motorsports, I thought that was pretty interesting. They're going to field a truck series team in 2022. So it looks like they're looking to develop some younger talent there. That should be interesting. Uh, Front Row Motorsports set its 2022 lineup. Of course, Michael McDowell will return. And truck driver Todd Gilliland will move to Cup. So uh, Anthony Alfredo out being replaced by a uh, truck series regular. Let's see. NASCAR is expected to return to the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. So we've been covering this story uh, bits and pieces throughout the year. Of course, Dale Jr. and Marcus Limonis of or no, Marcus, no Lamo- Marcus Smith, Marcus Smith, who is the track promoter for SMI and Bristol Motor Speedway. They want to get a, a cup race back at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Uh, a couple months ago, they met with the mayor. The mayor signed a letter of intent, and it seems that is moving forward. They're going to start upgrading the facility to someday be able to hold a Cup Series event. Um, obviously not going to happen in 2022. They're looking at maybe 2023 uh, or 2024, so that should be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, get some short track racing in. And last week, or well, last show, we talked about the uh, SMI in uh, acquiring uh, Dover Motorsports, which owns Dover Super, uh, Dover Speedway and Nashville Super Speedway. So I wonder if they'll take Dover's date and move it to the Nashville Fairgrounds and have two races in Nashville or move the Nashville Super Speedway date over to the Nashville Fairgrounds. Should be interesting to see what happens with that. What would you guys rather see? Well, I would assume just from a smart business point of view, just they would move it from Nashville Super Speedway over to the Nashville Fairgrounds just because, I mean, that's what, a 30 or 40 minute drive in between those two tracks or whatever it might be that I think that'd be way too close of of a market. I mean, I don't know. I I mean, I guess I'm biased. I don't want to see Dover go anywhere, even if it is just one race a season. But I I don't want to see Dover go anywhere either. And and it's kind of created a sense of sense of urgency for us to go down to Dover this year for this season's uh, spring race. I think I think we have to do it Um, no matter what we got. We got to make those plans. Yeah, you guys have Dover. Oh, yeah. It's part of my. No, uh, I've never been. I'll it's talk about it later on. It's part of what we'll talk about later on. But yeah, it's it's, it's a must. It's a must see event, dude, for sure. See, and, and that's what makes me nervous because I I know like the Monster Mile. It's it's just it's got a cool lore, um, just a cool track stop. I love the concrete and everything. I want to get down there just in case it does disappear. You know, um, but th- but thinking about it, what would you guys think about like? one year going to the fairgrounds, one year going to the super speedway or the speedway, you know, like, do you think that's a possibility for NASCAR? Yes. I like, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think Dover's, you know, if they, they get one race and I like what NASCAR is doing as far as trying to shake up the schedule and the more racetracks you have, um, you know, to work with the more on a, on a year to year, you could change it rather yeah. than just like, being disappointed that Pocono only has one race this year, but think about Pocono only, ha- only has one race this year, but now that opens up opportunity for not only the next year and the year after that to go to different play. Like I would rather see the schedule change more often yeah. rather than be stubborn and hold on to some of these, you know, nostalgic dates that we want these double races to be at. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think that the, the schedule shakeup has worked. I, I think it is working. I think it's making these drivers. I agree. Um, 
have to up their talent levels a little bit. So I would, I would like to see them rotate tracks, um, you know, in, and, and that this way you could give promoters a more of an opportunity to be like, Hey, look at what we had here. Now it's coming here. And like, I don't know. I, I think that would, I think that is the direction actually that they're going to go for is let's have a, an abundance of places to go and we'll, we'll pick, pick and, and choose. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, the, 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 the super speedway in Nashville produced one hell of a race this year. If you guys, yeah, remember. I thought it was great. And, and, and it was a good event too. It was an NBC yeah. event. It was the first yeah. race back. So yeah, there was like concerts and stuff going on. And then the fairgrounds is a short track, which we all love. So, I mean, as long as the speedway keeps producing like it did this past year. Yeah. And if the, the, the fairgrounds produces like a short track usually produces, then I think that's a hell of a one, two punch that, that, that city would have. I tell you what, I was hesitant on the fairgrounds early on when I first heard about it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see us lose a date for, for the fairgrounds or whatever. Then I saw the SRX series run there and that track is such a fast short track it was super exciting. I, I need a cup series race there, like inject it right into my veins. I'm addicted. I want to see us go there. Um, but I think like just looking back at like the early two thousands, like leaving Rockingham, leaving these places, I wonder if they left for a season, went somewhere else and then came back the next season. If it would have saved some of these places in the long run, you know, where like you take the year off and then you build anticipation for the next time NASCAR rolls into town. It's, That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. It, that, oh man, it wasn't here, but now it's this year. Oh, it's we coming get, back. Coming back. Like, yeah, it, it's like, it's like a touring band, you know, like we will see the same bands come through our town every couple years, but it's because we haven't seen them in five years. We're like, Oh, we got, we got to go see Def Leppard at Montage Mountain. They're coming back. You know, it, Think about the air show, how excited we get. Oh, yeah. Time, you know, and when we hear that that's coming to town, man, like you get excited. Yeah. For it. You, you look forward to that. So I, I, I think that's a good direction to go in. All right. Well, I just want to touch on that a little, a uh, little side tangent about Nashville fairgrounds and the, the future possibilities of scheduling and everything back to the news. Uh, let's see, just because it's the off season for NASCAR does not mean there isn't a whole ton of racing going on. In fact, uh, last week, RCR drivers, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, and Kaz Grawl all teamed up to run a two-day endurance race, and they they won both their races for the World Racing League. Uh, it was down at the Circuit of the Americas. And then just last week, Chandler Smith won the Snowball Derby, one of the biggest late model races in the country. So big congratulations to them. Yo. Was Chandler Smith the ARCA driver who made that save in Pocono? Was that him, or is he? Or did he win the race? I think I think he was the ARCA driver that won the race. Okay, um, I've been like I've been trying to I've been trying to rack my brain on that guy's name, and then I saw Chandler Smith, and I was like, ooh, I think that was it. But I think you're right. I think he's the one who won it. I think he I won. Think the, I think the last guy's name starts with an H, if I'm not mistaken. Oh Sorry. yeah, it was uh, Corey Haim. Haim, yeah, yeah. He I'm, had, he yes, had, yeah, he yeah, had, yeah. he had the awesome save in that yeah, arc okay. race. Sorry. But yeah, uh, big congratulations to the guys doing some racing in the off season. Um, something interesting happening tomorrow, uh, or today, technically, if you're listening to it after it gets posted on Tuesday, Tuesday, ESPN E60 special is going to feature Bubba Wallace. So that's something to look out for. Uh, always great to see some NASCAR drivers 
exposed, not exposed, but having ESPN exposure, you know, to a a more broad sports audience. What's up, Matt? Two things there uh, I just want to touch on real quick, and I know we're we're trying to rat-a-tat-tat through the news here, but I wanted to to park on this for a second. Uh, Did you guys see how much Twitter blew up the last couple weeks over the F1 series? Um, I've, I've seen it like trending and stuff like that. I, I just haven't really been paying attention. So yesterday was the championship race and like a whole bunch of nonsense happened and Twitter exploded. Like people never think would be into racing. We're talking about it and posting about it. And I think it's because of that series that was on Netflix, that F1 has become like one of the most popular sports. So like any kind of exposure, to NASCAR on the mainstream is it's like, a good thing. We, we need that to happen. Like we need Netflix to have a NASCAR documentary style de- deal. Like F one did. Like I want, I want that all over the place. I tell you what, um, last year, last season motor trend did, I think it was like a seven part documentary series where they covered all the major stuff throughout the whole entire season. I'm talking everything. The but beginning the pro- of Daytona 500 with like the huge fire wreck, um, all the way going to like COVID shutting everything down to COVID. We're coming back. Like it was a great documentary series. And the problem is not a lot of people saw it. Cause it's on the motor trend network. We well, I was going to say the mainstream Netflix. Yeah, exposure. The, the problem is, is if, if it's on motor trend, people are already there because they're already fans. Like, yeah. I want new fan or new, new pros- prospective fans getting their eyes on, on, you know, the sport that we love so much. Um, the second thing to kind of piggyback off of the bubble Wallace ESPN feature that I believe Ryan McGee is doing with him. Uh, the NBC, um, contract is up like in like a year or two. And there's been a lot of rumblings the past couple days that ESPN is going to try to get back into the NASCAR. NASCAR. So just something to watch out for. That would be pretty interesting because I think not only is NBC up, Fox is also up. I think they both end yep. at the same same contract year. So who knows? In a couple of years, we we could be uh we could be watching on ESPN and and ABC and and I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Ryan McGee though, ESPN sports writer, radio personality, he's phenomenal. He's he does awesome. a great job. So yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing that E60 special tomorrow night with Bubba Wallace. Also, I think isn't there. A, isn't there a Chase Elliott documentary coming out on Netflix? No, it's out. It's it was it's a, out. It, it was a. It wasn't an. It was um. It wasn't a, a a documentary. It was like a little forty-five minute short with Dale Junior. Oh, Dale okay. Junior just went with him and drove around Dawsonville. It was okay. good. It was like it was like an hour, a half hour, hour long, something like that. Yeah, it's on um Peacock. Oh, okay, Peacock. See, I always forget about Peacock. I gotta. I gotta start watching some more stuff. I want to watch Lost Speedways and everything. I've seen a couple episodes on there. It's fantastic, but like you know, just Time. another streaming service. It's hard yeah. to keep up with all of them. You know what I mean? I feel like a boomer when I say that. Um, looking to the future, looking for to uh, February, the Clash Pitbull gonna be performing as part of the NASCAR uh, Bushlight Clash event at the Coliseum. What do you guys think about Pitbull performing? Um, I saw speaking Mr. of boomers worldwide, a lot. Hey, Mr. Worldwide, dude, of course we want to have him performing. You know, he is, he owns a team. Yeah. yeah. He's one of our ambassadors now. And, you know, just like Daniel Suarez with, you know, coming from, uh, Mexico and bringing a lot of his fan base and, you know, uh, you know, his own kind of, 
wave of new eyes to the sport, I think Pitbull is doing the same. And to kind of go back to the P60 thing, um, I think they're more interested because you're getting more um, people like Alvin Kamara, you know, wearing the NASCAR visor on Sundays. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, the Fred Taylors and the Ocho Cinco with their show that they have. Like, I I think they're beginning to notice that we are trickling into these other sports worlds and ESPN supposed to be the main sports, you know, worldwide leader. leader. So like, hey, like maybe they're seeing an opportunity here. Hey, if our main sport NFL football, people are wearing NASCAR visors Maybe it's something we have to look into, but I, I love that Pitbull's performing, dude. How, how do you not get excited for that guy, you know? And, and it's going to be like, <laughs> I love uh, Timber with Kesha. That's one of my favorite songs. Uh, when I hear that, I, it just puts me in a good mood. It's going down. Um, here's the thing, though. Um, everything the, the harder they fall. Tumba. Everything you said, Eric, I 100% agree with. And and that's wh- why I was excited to see Pitbull. He's not only is he doing like a concert, he's doing 45 minutes in between uh, one of the heat races and the A main. So that's like a huge portion of the television time that people are going to tune in to see Pitbull performing live, even if you're not a NASCAR fan. And then and then because it's such a long performance, I could see people buying a ticket just to go see Pitbull. And then they see a race on top of it because, right. you know, so I, I think it's, it's a great decision by NASCAR. Obviously he's a team owner, so he's already deeply connected with the sport. Um, but I thought it was funny. Speaking of boomers, I was on the NASCAR Facebook page when they announced it and everyone's like, who's Pitbull? I'm like, one, how do you not know Mr. Worldwide? You know, like <laughs> my, my 60 some year old mother went to see Pitbull before the pandemic broke out with her best friend, Luann. And had an absolute blast. Um, Do you know what the real test is? Do you know what the real test is? Dad, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comment comment on the post. Just yes or no if you know who Pitbull is. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Riley, let us know. Uh, but yeah, people were, people were kind of angry though. Like, why can't they have a country singer? I'm like, you guys get a country singer at every single NASCAR event. Maybe we should let's be broaden, broaden our broaden horizons. Yeah. 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 Nothing against country, but like I worked in country radio for a decade, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sick of it. I want to see Pitbull at a concert in a NASCAR race, you know, I want somebody that's going to give me energy, give me, um, uh, get me up out of my seat. Yeah. I don't want- and that's gonna, you know, put me to sleep and talk about a broken heart. You know what I mean? Get me fired up. You and know that what? Comes from three guys who love country music too. Yeah. It's just, it's just. There's nothing wrong with broadening the horizon. We're not, we're not the old redneck sport that everyone used to think we were. And, and I tell you what, Eric, you made a good point right there, and it, it made me think of a conversation we had less than ten minutes ago. M80 at Pocono, like it's all about having a good time. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be a fan of them to not be able to enjoy it. Like, you can still have a good time, you know? Listen to the beat. Bob your head. Just pretend like you're having fun, and eventually you will. Um, all right. Back to the NASCAR news. Some driver news. Landon Castle, one of these journeyman drivers who, who's just been dying to get a, a good opportunity, is going to get that opportunity. He's joining Colleague Racing for the 2022 Xfinity Series season. And uh, I thought this was the most interesting thing. He's being paid entirely by crypto. Uh, he, he's big in the crypto world. His sponsor is a cryptocurrency uh, bank type deal. And uh, I thought that was interesting. Just going to show another youthful movement in the sport. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. 
And let's see, the last piece of regular news. Stuart Friesen did a Goodyear tire test for the next-gen car on dirt. Uh, and I don't know if you guys saw the video. Did you see the video of Stuart Friesen? Weird. weird. That car, the next-gen car looked so weird on the dirt for some reason. Like, see, I thought it looked perfect. Like, it was sliding around those corners. I thought it looked better than than the current cup car. Looked, it looked heavier, bigger, and clunkier on the dirt than this other like previous gen car did really um, see yeah, i, I felt like it looked days, more like a dirt car back in the I day think, man sports cars used to roll all through the fields and dirt and whatnot look at uh look at the uh the general lee yeah i, I mean it yeah. just to me like i i think it's i, I want to see them run that same test when they have all the kinks out of the car and they could really say hey oh, yeah this car and really drive this track like you would drive it you know what i mean you could tell he was babying it around there and just kind yeah. of doing a little i think that's it looked cool why don't get me wrong i wanted to you could tell he wasn't going all out in that test that's true and, i would imagine but and, and that, that's just them getting tire data too so i mean right you know. i should probably make a clarification before all the gearheads come after me yes i did just call the general lee a sports car i know it's a muscle, muscle car. car yeah muscle car they're gonna be they're gonna be yelling in the twitter yeah. ads yeah and the facebook page all right uh we got some interesting sponsor news focus fast that focus factor gonna be sponsoring eric jones for 26 races in 2022 Huge sponsorship for uh, Richard Petty and Eric Jones there. Um, Mahindra, or no, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Menards is building upon their Team Penske sponsorship for 2022. Not only are they sticking with Ryan Blaney, but they're also going to move on to the number two car of Austin Sindrick. I wonder if they'll continue to support the Wood Brothers on top of it. Uh, it's going to get confusing. With those yellow uh, Menards paint schemes, if they're all switching from week to week, but good for Penske retaining some sponsorship there. Um, big news for Brad Keselowski, uh, Fastenal is going to be joining the number six team for RKF. Uh, so, or RFK, RFK, RFK. Oh, gonna have gonna have to get used to that one, but uh, he'll be they'll be sponsoring not only. Uh, the Chris Busher number 17, but also Brad Kozlowski's number six car. So uh, Fastenal expanding their sponsorship. You get all of your supply chain needs taken care of at Fastenal. Uh, McDonald's, the Golden Arches, expanding its partnership with 2311 Racing. Not only will they be on Bubba Wallace's car for the Daytona 500, but they'll also be on Kurt Busch's car for some select races too. So McDonald's spending some more money over at 2311, liking what they're seeing. A new sponsor joining Stuart Haas Racing. Mahindra is partnering with Chase Briscoe for a handful of races for the number 14. That red paint scheme looks slick too. Uh, so looking forward to those guys. Discount Tire are going to be continuing their sponsorship with Team Penske. A lot of people were wondering if Discount Tire would return. Of course, they're a longtime sponsor with Brad Kozlowski in the two car. They will stick with Team Penske. And Wheaties just announced today they will sponsor Bubba Wallace for, I believe it's their uh, 40th or no, probably 50th or 60th anniversary as a cereal brand. Um, so we'll see a orange Wheaties box on a Bubba Wallace car in the near future. Was, I would assume that would be like the uh, Michael Jordan connection there. 
Oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, you want to know what I think it was? Maybe it was the anniversary of when Jordan was on the Wheaties box oh, in the nineties. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. Two I saw on Twitter today. What's up? They had the paint scheme, the Wheaties car on Twitter Did today. They? I yeah. didn't see it. How did it look? Uh, it, it looked it looked very retro. It looked cool. It looked, okay. it looked cool. Yeah. Nice. I'm gonna have to look it up now. Go ahead. I'll have to check that out. Uh, we got some sad news. Um, Al Unser, who's just a legendary name in all of motorsports, he passed away. And then um, some sad news for the Earnhardt family. Uh, Dale Earnhardt uh, Sr.'s brother, Danny Earnhardt Sr., of course, Dale Jr.'s uncle, has passed away. He works for Junior Motorsports in the Fab Shop. He was actually just on the Junior Download uh, a couple months ago. And uh, it's kind of sad. Junior always ends the show like, oh, I can't wait to have you back. And, um, and that's just, that's someone's stories we're never going to hear again. So just unfortunate for that family, but the biggest news of the last three weeks, Richard Petty Motorsports sold a majority interest of its company to GMS racing to form Petty GMS. So now if you're not aware of the way RPM worked, they were partially owned, I believe it was 80 or 90% part owned by an investment banker firm. So that investment bankers, they sold their stake to GMS. They're keeping the petty name. Richard's still involved. Eric Jones is keeping his ride in the 43. Uh, Ty Dillon, who was going to be running, uh, the, well, I believe the 96, is now going to be driving the 42, which was Lee Petty's number back in the day. And uh, yeah, just an interesting thing. We got a resident Eric Jones fan in the house. Eric, what did you think about the the news at RPM now RPM GMS or Richard or Petty GMS? Well, at first I was kind of irritated because I thought he was just kind of selling off his other charters, like the Petty Ware like charter and that stuff. That was and involved like, in it, yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why not get your team, a teammate? Why not use those charters and get a second car and do all? And I'm like, it was kind of like emotional off of one Twitter article I read before I really got the details. And well, I was kind of upset at first, you know, and then you guys kind of talked me off the ledge in a way. Once more information started coming about how the deal yeah. was going down. So you guys definitely changed my perspective on the whole thing um uh for for sure. I tell you what I did I don't like about um the current NASCAR news cycle and the way things seem to work where one week they will give you a very vague piece of news and then they'll tell you more details next Tuesday. You know, that's what delayed this podcast. We were waiting for those more details on this petty deal for that Tuesday because 2 weeks ago they said Oh, GMS bought a majority stake of Richard Petty Motorsports and they left it at that. And we're, we're like, well, well, what's going to happen? What are, what, what's going on here? You know? So of course you're going to jump to conclusion. You're like, oh, he's selling his charters. They don't care about the team, like all this stuff. And, and it seems like it, it's, it's going to be a good thing, you know? Now, now I know that. And, and I could see that because it was, I'm pretty sure it was medallion bank was the, yeah. um, what uh, was that shareholder there because they sponsored a majority of Eric Jones's cars Yeah. Uh, last season. So um, Richard Petty finally came out and, and I know I've said it before uh, on this show that I think Petty never really cared um, about winning races in that car. Um, he basically was using it for his name and to just make money yeah. and just, you know, finally, I think on the name. 
and, and you know, he's getting older now, and I think he's ready to let that go and let someone else that really cares about the sport, really knows about the sport, and really wants to win um, be an investor instead of just a bank that wants to make money off of their investment, you yeah. know? So GMS, they don't want to make money off of this. They want to win races. They want to grow this team and, you know, put, put a product on the racetrack where they could contend every week. And, you know, I don't think we've ever seen that in the last, you know, 10, 20 years in that 43 car. Yeah, I mean, no. it's just, just been a car that goes around that, you know, about that's iconic, but you know, the investors that were in that didn't really care about winning races. They knew as long as they were on that 43 car and associated with Petty, their initial investment was going to work out for them. And, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm glad that that's finally out there in the open and, and they're changing that uh, mentality uh, around that race team. So now I know last year I was like, hey, get Eric Jones a teammate. Now he has a teammate in Ty Dillon. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what's what's in store for that 42 and 43 um, on the racetrack, especially with the next gen. Yeah, I always assumed the way the, the structuring of the ownership with uh, RPM was that like, yeah, it was an investment. They didn't care about winning races. They just wanted to now, capitalize like, on their profit. Now it's like, I yeah. almost feel bad for Bubba. I almost feel bad for um, Eric Almarola. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like they were on teams that didn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, like, it's depressing. Back, like, oh, dude, like they wasted how many years of their racing career, you know, on a team that wasn't, you know, we always speculate, oh, is Brad Keselowski only getting the good equipment here? Or is so-and-so holding back on equipment or who's getting this? And that was really, um, you know, an opening through a doorway of like, yes, that does happen. You know, there are teams out there that, you know, yeah. are putting the best product on the racetrack because they are trying to save money and give their investors a better opportunity rather than spend it on new engineers, maybe wind tunnel and all that kind yeah. of stuff to get a better product. So overall, um, at first I was, I was upset, but now, now I'm kind of looking forward to having a teammate and, you know, seeing what those two young, you know, drivers could maybe bring out of, out of that, um, that petty camp now. Yeah, and GMS, like, they had a lot of momentum in the lower series, too. I mean, they were oh, winning yeah. races and, and, and whatnot, so they know how to do it. It's in, And now they're making the big step up into, into NASCAR. You know, they've got, they've got Eric Jones, who's, you know, one of the more talented guys in the field. So, uh, Eric, I told you when the, when the news first broke, man, like, I'd be super excited if I were you. That's, that's awesome. No, you guys definitely changed change my thought process on that. Like I said, it's like, what? You're right. As the details come out, you're just kind of left to speculate and that's when the rumors go and that's oh, when yeah. you know, the internet, you know, Twitter fans will like say this or that. And it's like, you kind of have to pump the brakes until that following actual press conference comes out on it with the details. But um, yeah, I'm excited for next year. Yeah. And I, I think like, just, just like what Matt said, you know, GMS has been a strong contender in the truck series for a couple of years now. Like when big cup guys like Chase Elliott go down, they drive a GMS truck and, and usually they go out and win a race, you know? Um, so GMS is looking to go out there, get some trophies. You, Kulig, you know what I mean? You look at track house, yeah. some of these that, you know, are, are very similar to what GMS is doing by getting into the cup series. And, and those, those other teams ran really, really well. So, yeah. um, it's, it's definitely, um, got me excited for, for next year. And, and I think one of the most interesting parts too, and I didn't know this about the one owner of GMS, Maury Gallagher, 
Um, he's a successful businessman. He uh, he created Allegiant Airways, yep. which is a budget airline. We use it to get to Daytona from here. We'll fly from Allentown, Lehigh Valley down to Daytona. And uh, so he's already a successful businessman. He w- knows how to run a business and turn a profit. And he wants to go out there and compete and win races. So you know he's going to be putting, he's going to be spending the money the right way right. to accomplish right. those goals. And, and I'm looking forward to that. Even Richard Petty said, said it right out of his mouth. He goes, you know, we're going to a better facility than we've been in in a long time. And they've been down at RCR's campus for a long time in one of their their buildings down there. Of course, like they don't have the full broad, um, you know, access to RCR's equipment and the engine shop and all that stuff. But like they still had good stuff. And if they're saying it's better up at GMS's shop, then that's just that's more promising right there. It, you know, it can't be, it can't be cleaner than RFK's facility. Oh my oh, God. That holy pic- shit, man. That picture. Yeah. Well, uh, so th- that's, that's the Penske mentality. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, Brad Kozlowski the other day, he posted a picture that they, they redid the floors at Roush Fenway or well, RFK now. And just those little attention to details. That's why I think Brad Kozlowski is going to at least come closer, win a race next year, because that's the kind of stuff you want. That's the kind of stuff that Roger Penske instills in people too. Like when Penske bought Indianapolis Motor Speedway, he walked every inch of that whole entire property, marking things that need to be fixed and everything like that. And uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw some pictures from inside the Penske racing shop, but every time I do, it looks fake. It looks like a video game because everything is so clean and perfect. You have cars on jack stands and stuff. It almost looks like a model car diorama and yeah. it's real cars. And like, I don't know. I just, I think that Penske mentality is going to do Brad. Well, moving over to uh Roush Fenway Kozlowski racing. You can check out the picture we're talking about right now at bump the letter and run pod on Twitter at bump and run pod. Um, I tweeted that the other day. But yeah, that's all I have for NASCAR news over the last three weeks. Uh, we had a whole lot to cover and, and we covered it all. Uh, and now we move on to the fun stuff, I guess. I mean, I think NASCAR news is fun, but we got some open topics. Of course, we don't have any racing to talk about, but we still have some racing to talk about. And I thought, well, with all these sponsorship news, you know, Mahindra coming in, we got Fast and All doubling up their sponsorship, McDonald's, all that stuff. I started thinking, like, what are your top five best all-time NASCAR sponsors? It could be a car. It could be a series. Just what's a company, when you see the logo or you see a car, like, you think NASCAR, you or you buy it because of NASCAR, like, those kind of deals. Um, I'll go first. Just with my number five. I'm not going to give you the whole list. I figure we could go round Robin. We'll give our five, our four, our three, our two, and one. Um, my number five, someone that is spending more money next year with 2311 McDonald's one, just an iconic American brand that's been in our sport for decades. Uh, despite a long losing streak, almost what? 20 some years that they didn't win a race and they're still putting money into the sport. That's what I love. I love to see a sponsor that sees value in the sport stays for a long time. And I'm glad they're expanding their sponsorship with 2311 in 2022. 
And uh, I look forward to getting those golden arches on Sundays in the uh, the regular season as a tradition. That's what I do. Love them GAs. Oh, yeah. How about you, Eric? What was your, your number five sponsor? Number five for me, um, I just went like a whole like the series. I went the Winston. Winston to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Seems just NASCAR to me. Um, it just screamed hearing the stories of the people around me in my area talking about Pocono, how they would just hand out. There it is. NASCAR they would just hand out, you know, packs of Winstons. And, you know, it was just to me, that's when like um, the sport was still filled with a bunch of like the older drivers that were in their 40s. And their yeah. fi- it was a little bit more my I don't know my style of, of you had you had Dick Trickle firing. I up was going to say who's the driver was smoking cigs in the all car. I mean all of them. Dick but, Trickle was known for it. Dick Trickle was known for a uh, he would have he a, had a su- cigarette sure lighter installed in his suitcase. car. Yeah, yeah, and he would always he would always carry around a suitcase, and in that suitcase was always just just a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> it's his briefcase for the office. I'm pretty sure it was Dick Trickle. Someone correct me in the comments if 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 you've heard that. Uh, Dale Jr. Download has told that story a bunch of times. I'm pretty sure it was Dick Trickle, but yeah, I mean, smoking Winston's going 180 miles an hour. Yep. They were around for 33 years. You know, it was the Winston they sponsored it. So like, not only were they there as far as popular and got people to the racetrack yeah. via maybe an addictive tobacco product, which we don't condone, but um, it was just, it was an era that to me, um, I resonate with, with, with NASCAR and for 33 years, the longevity of them staying in it, uh, you have to respect that. And you want know what they did cool promotions. Like they had the Winston million where if you could win, uh, three the out three of the four jewels. major crown yeah, jewels, yeah. you won a million dollars. I think Bill Elliott was the first one to do it in the first season. And then it wasn't until the late nineties when Jeff Gordon was able to do it. Then they had the no bull, uh, no bull million. Uh, where I have the car from Dale uh, Sr.'s last win at Talladega. He won him and a fan a million dollars each by uh, making that last lap pass and stuff. Like, just cool little promotions, cool little activation that Winston used to do in the sport. I th- That's a great one. That's a great number five. How about you, Matt? What's your number five sponsor? Well, n- um, before I do that, not a sponsor in the series yet, but eventually... <laughs> I'm hoping Polar can at least, at the very least, be a sponsor of this show. Matt, what flavor of Polar are you drinking this week? I am drinking a lemon again this week. Uh, uh, Just give me, just hold on. You know. (sighs) Delicious, refreshing, 100% natural. So I actually thought about your lemon Polars today on my lunch break, Matt, because at my regular work, I have this little tiny mini fridge that fits six cans or uh, four bottles of water. And I went to the grocery store on lunch because I ran out of Polar. And I'm staring at the Polar selection at my local grocery store. And I'm like, well, last time I got lime, should I go with the lemon? I was thinking, you know, Matt was talking that lemon up. But then I saw Ruby Grapefruit. I got a whole Oh, it's good. Let me try this Ruby Grapefruit. I picked one of those up on my lunch break. It was fantastic. Yeah. Polar, always a great drink. Uh, they're not paying us to say it, but hopefully someday they will. Cause we love the product anyways. My, my number five is M and M's or Mars, good, uh, the Mars products. One. So they've been in NASCAR for decades. So one thing I kind of found myself while I was doing my list is I kind of tied a lot of these in because of their paint schemes, yeah. but also the, like the, the broader scope of like 
what these sponsors meant to NASCAR over the years and their connection. So, I mean, with M&Ms and Mars, first of all, they've had so many different cool colored paint schemes. Doesn't matter who the driver is. The paint schemes have always been awesome. Um, and I always think they're so important to the sport just because they bring in those, those young, those young fans, you know, the kids, what's, what's the most, what's, what are they going to be drawn to when they come to the, to their first NASCAR race? Oh, mommy, daddy, look, it's the M&M's car. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, that makes them fans for life. So that's why I think that they've had such a huge impact on the sport. So it'd be, we'd be reminisced if we, if we didn't consider M&M's one of these, one of these best uh, sponsors. Yeah. I just think about all the little kids I see at a racetrack running around with a yellow M&M's Kyle yep. Bush hat. I mean, even when we Such went a to role model, yeah, even when we went to the Daytona 500 a couple of years ago, our buddy Tom, that's the first thing he bought was a yellow M&M's hat. And you know, just those, he gets those kids, the yellow and the M&M's, it pulls yep. those kids in. So Matt, I also had M&M's down um, in, in my list as well. My list, like, not not in any particular order as far as five through one goes per se. Yeah, um, same for me. I had I had M&Ms down there at that number three on my list because, you know, like you said, like when it comes to kids, when I was younger, um, I, 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 I remember having that number 36 Ken Schrader yep. um, little, you know, toy, toy car. car. And yeah. like, I remember playing with that thing all the time. I don't know where I got it, how I got it. You know, it's one of those deals where you just you end up having it. You're like, oh, I'm like. I remember going back. You like if I want to think NASCAR, I think of that M and M's. You know, thirty six little car I used to play in my little sandbox with. Yep. So um, I definitely have M and M's on my list as well. All right. Well, we'll just say that one is your number four. Uh, yeah. And just move your four or three. My sure. number four, similarly to you, all about the paint scheme. When I was a little kid playing with those cars, it's the Tide Ride. Um, just thinking over the years, the tide paint schemes, just one of those iconic paint schemes where when I see tide, I think about Daryl Waltrip, Ricky Rudd, Ricky Craven's car, uh, back in the nineties and, and the late eighties there. And I was super excited, uh, when they came back to sponsor Eric Jones for the Bristol dirt race. And I just, I hope they keep coming back because there's just something about that that yellow and orange and white, and especially on Eric Jones with that petty blue added in. I just thought it was an awesome looking car. I've been looking for the die cast. It's out now. I've been trying to find it in a Walmart or target. Every time I go, I check out the toy section, looking for that Eric Jones, Bristol dirt car. But uh, yeah, just one of those, those childhood memories that I'm like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) How about you, Matt? What was your number four? Go ahead, Eric. I think Eric had a yeah. comment. Whitey, honest to God, like most of my, um, you know, picks are come stem from like Hot Wheels. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Yep. My next one is the Hot Wheels. You know, and, and you know, it was Kyle Petty drove the forty-four Hot Wheels car, and like I said, it was that forty-four Hot Wheels car, that thirty-six with M&M's the, car, the loop on it. You know, with the, with yep. that, with the Hot Wheels yep. with that red and the yellow, like. With the white and the blue, it was just so, mm-hmm. to me, iconic because the little package that they came in, that was the exact scheme that was on the car. And yeah. Those two that I, I remember playing with the most as a kid, uh, as far as, like, you know, Hot Wheels cars go. So that M&M's and that Hot Wheels, just for me, like, it's not a major one. It's not a big one that everyone knows that's been around for, you know, on, on major sponsors as of late. Um but it's one for me that really, you know, resonates with me as far as the sport of NASCAR goes. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. Hot Wheels was on a car uh, this past year, though. I think uh, Ricky Stenhouse ran it. No, Tyler Red- Tyler Reddick. It was uh, it was really? for a cat promotion. Cat and Hot Wheels teamed up for um, I forget what the video series was called on YouTube. You can look up Hot Wheels and Caterpillar, and it'll come up. But uh, yeah, they were making giant dirt jumps with Caterpillar uh, uh, lifts oh, and stuff, oh, and and then they what? were launching cars off them. It was really that cool. That's what I'm talking about yeah. Sick. All right, Matt. Um. Give us your number four and your number three, then I'll do my number three, and I think we'll be back on the lead lap, all, all of us. So. <laughs> so my number four uh, goes to uh, Budweiser, um, yeah. not just because I'm biased for for the '88 and De- or actually the eight uh, with Dale Jr., but uh, it also goes back to the eleven, that iconic red and white Daryl Waltrip oh, yeah. number eleven Budweiser car, um, that I Junior just, Johnson car. The June, yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So I just, it was, you know, the most popular scheme slash sponsor for a decade when Junior drove it. You can't tell the history of NASCAR sponsors without including Budweiser. And yeah. uh, I just think it was a huge draw for a lot of our fans too. You know, a lot of our fans probably, you know, a lot of guys coming to this, coming to a track for the first time. I don't know who I'm going to root for. Well, I love Budweiser, so I'm rooting for that I'm car for the there, eight. you yeah. know? Oh yeah. So I, I, you know, I think that's the, the, a huge impact that it had on the sport. You know, it's gotta be Budweiser. Yeah. I was, um, I don't know if any of you guys have Coors, uh, after I made my list, I was like, Oh, I left Coors off. Well, like, I feel like Coors, Budweiser, both kind of on the same level of like just iconics where like, you know, back in the day it was Coors and Bill, Bill Elliott, Coors Light. And then that silver bill, that silver bullet car uh, in the nineties, you know? So like, yeah, beer brands, man, great sponsors, honestly. Cause like you said, you go to the track, you don't know who to root for. I like Budweiser, you know? That leads me perfect segue into it was my number two, but because we're already, we're already talking about it. I'll flip flop my two and three, right. uh, and two Miller, um, Miller simply, beer. Because, simply because Miller light is my beer of choice. It's what I love to drink. Uh, so of course I'm going to make that connection, but you also have got the iconic paint schemes with rusty Wallace, that throwback Miller black and gold yeah. car that everyone knows, you know, you can picture it right now without even looking at it. And again, because you know, you're either a Coors fan, a Miller fan or a bud fan. When you're talking about light beer, you're going to draw more people in. Um, so, so I think Miller is another iconic sponsor that, that any alcohol really, uh, you know, is, is going to draw NASCAR fans in. Um, I'm going to go slightly off topic here. Do you think that sponsors could, I don't know how to say it. Sponsors could benefit from a more simplistic paint scheme because right now I'm thinking about the Budweiser car. It was just plain red, had like black stripes. It's a Budweiser, you know, even the junior Johnson one plain red, white hood just says bud, you know, same thing with that Miller genuine draft in the nineties, that rusty Wallace too, just black gold number gold fonts for genuine draft. But it still sticks in your head because it's so simple. It's so iconic. It just—it was like kind of like I don't know. I think it was a couple months ago we were talking about the Dale Earnhardt Senior uh, GM Goodwrench car and how iconic that paint job was. And Eric, you said like it was kind of a shitty paint job. It was just black with a, a silver stripe. But it's that simplicity where you're kind of you're just 
you're focusing on the brand at that point. You know, do you think maybe now like paint schemes are a little too complicated where it kind of takes your eyes away from the sponsor? Does that sound crazy to you guys or? I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think it sounds crazy. I think, um, I think we tend to like the simpler paint schemes just as, as who we are as as fans, I think. Um, but no, I agree 100% with that because I'm thinking of one of the cars that I love the most was, um, it, it was an Xfinity car, but, um, even, even in cup at the time, it wasn't, um, a, a big deal, but he ended up turning his career around was I loved Kyle Bush's number 54 monster energy car, yeah. flat black with just the green the monster, monster logo, logo on it. And then the Martin Truex, the 78 car, yep. matte black, orange. And like to Denver me, they were, and it just said furniture row, right? Yeah. Yep loved those cars so yeah no i agree yes i agree with that i prefer instead of simple i prefer the term clean it's yeah yeah, it is a clean it's a clean paint scheme no i agree all right um let's see where were my number three um not so much a car sponsor just an iconic sponsor kind of like eric's winston sponsor sunoco you know uh we wouldn't have races without sunoco race fuel one, uh, it's one of those sponsors where it's super easy to support, uh, whenever I have a chance, which is 90% of the time when I need gas, I'm going to go to a Sunoco unless I'm in an area that I don't really know. I'm like, Oh, I need it now. I'm going to stop here. You know, other than that, I'm stopping at Sunoco for a splash of race fuel and then I'm taking off. Uh, so I, I just, I feel like I had to put them on the list of uh great NASCAR sponsors because, uh, it's easy. And, and you remember like probably 15 years ago uh, when gas was like, I know people are complaining about gas prices now, but when it was like the 2008 housing collapse and we were paying like five fifty a gallon and Sunoco's like, Hey, put a Sunoco sticker on your car and we yep. might give you some free fuel. What a great promotion that was simple, easy. And then all of a sudden you have all these cars with a NASCAR Sunoco content. Contingency free, sticker on it, just free, free advertising. Marketing. Yeah, yeah, free advertising. So I, I had to put him on there for that, uh, and I think that puts us on the lead lap for number two. So Matt, give us your number two sponsor. So, like I said, I tried making a connection with these sponsors and like what it means to the fans and what was their overall impact. And uh, this one might be a little surprising, might be a little off the cuff for you guys, but I went with Bass Pro. Um, I feel like this sponsor is important because a lot of, not everyone, but a a grand majority of our fans are outdoorsmen and they can make that connection. And, uh, again, it's one of those things where you walk into a race, you don't have a guy to root for you pick out, Oh, uh, Bass Pro. I love fishing or I love hunting or I shop there all the time. I'm, I'm rooting for that guy. Yeah. And so uh, just, just again, the connection with the common man, um, is, is what I love about Bass Pro. And, uh, I, I had to add them to, to this list. And, and they're another one that's been around for a long, long time. They've been sponsoring, uh, various cars since the nineties. They sponsor the Bristol night race. So, uh, yeah, very important sponsor to our sport. And, and they're they, in all three series too. And, and usually they, they'll sponsor multiple different teams at the same yep. time, which I, I think is really great for, uh, just NASCAR in general. How about you, Eric? What was your number two? My number two goes to interstate batteries. Um, I was going to put them on my list too. 
Oh, bro, when I like, I'll see that truck driving around with the eighteen on the door. Yeah, <laughs> not, dude. I put my fist out the window. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Because how do you not get excited to see that interstate batteries truck driving around your hometown? You know what I, I mean? I see it. I see it a lot too. So there. <laughs> So in, in our local area, there is an interstate batteries right next to a bar that we've all frequented for at least a decade now. Uh, Bruce brothers, not that the bar matters, but even before I was an NASCAR fan on a Friday night, we're going to Bruce brothers. We're going to, we're going to get a couple uh, drinks in us. I'd look at that interstate batteries logo. I just think NASCAR, you know, yeah. I, I would think about Joe Gibbs racing. I didn't even know it was Joe Gibbs racing deal. I just knew like, oh, it's like that 18. I think it was Terry or uh, Bobby Labonte and stuff like Bobby. that. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's that's a fucking NASCAR brand right there. You know, yeah. so that, that's a good one. I, I was thinking yeah. about that one for my list, I, too. I almost had it on my list. It was on the uh, OLI on the outside looking in. So I am my number two. And really, it should be my number one in my heart. Um, but it goes to Mellow Yellow. Eric, like you said, uh, with Kyle Petty and, and the Hot Wheels, I'm just thinking Kyle Petty, the Mellow Yellow car in the 90s, being an offshoot of a beloved movie of mine. When I was a little kid, I watched Days of Thunder on VHS every single day. I... Didn't watch NASCAR, but I watched that movie all the time. I'd play with my little stock cars and I'd recite lines from the movie and all that stuff. When I was a little kid, I drank mellow yellow soda. Every time I saw it, I asked my mother to get it for me. If it was in, in a soda machine or what. And it was kind of a rare soda up in the North. You didn't really see it that often. You still don't see it that often. And to this day, if I see mellow yellow on tap, which they have it at Panchero's in Scranton. When I get a burrito, I get a mellow yellow every time. When I would go to Hardee's, I'd get a mellow yellow. Uh, when I race iRacing, I put this mellow yellow hat on to pretend like it's my sponsor. I have Kyle Petty, uh, the cardboard cutout in the mellow yellow car in the background. I don't know if anyone ever noticed that one. I just, when I think about the reach of a NASCAR sponsorship, Getting those little consumer kids. I think Mellow Yellow did it better than anybody in the 90s, at least for me. I love it. Hell yeah, brother. How about uh how about you? What uh, what's your uh number two? Well, Matt, me? When, me? Yeah. I already told you my number two. My we're on, oh, on my we're number, on number one. one. Oh, okay. All right, Matt, yeah, what's oh, your you, number you, one? My you my number one, I'm we I'm contractual I'm contractually obligated to pick fast and all. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to do it. Matt is a, uh, you're the general manager of a region for Fastenal. So, uh, so yeah, that's why, that's why I especially made sure to bring up Fastenal during the NASCAR news and, uh, the Brad Kozlowski sponsorship. The I want to know the one difference between Fastenal and all the other sponsors here on this list is that, uh, Fastenal pays me. So mm -hmm. I had to pick them. <laughs> uh, completely understandable. It made me wonder though. Now that they're on the car, are you going to be a Brad Kozlowski fan? He's he's gone from Penske. And, and listen, I'll answer that for you, Matt, because we've been in our text message group. I think there's been a little bit of a uh, 
little bit of love for Brad coming from from coming from that cell phone over there. I know that for sure. <laughs> I've always I've always rooted for who was ever since I came on board with Fast and all. I've always rooted for whoever drove that seventeen. You know, the last couple of years it's been Chris Busher. So, like, you know, yeah. I mean, if 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 Brad's doing well, I would love to see Fast and all back in victory lane. It's been a long, long time. So, um, I mean, for that reason, sure. All right, nice. How about you, Eric? What is your uh, your number one sponsor? For me, it is. Um, to me, it's iconic. Um, it was the first paint scheme that I saw win a race live. Um, Home Depot. Um, yeah. To me, that like, as a young kid, like. I grew up, you know, my father does a lot of stuff working with his hands, so I'm constantly going in tools and this. So, like, Home Depot to me that, you know, the bucket, their commercials, like, just do it. Like, the, all the, the stuff the about like, Home Depot and, like, like I said, the first um, race that I saw, like, Joey Logano won in the 20 uh, Home Depot car at Pocono. Okay. Um, so well, I was, like, I was just, expecting it to be a Tony Stewart win. That's surprising to me. So that just resonated, you know, with, with me a little bit, you know, getting into the sport. Yeah. Um, my crew number one though, uh, I, I just left it out because I think it was like, just like you guys said before, Matt had brought it up was Budweiser to me. I'm a huge Bud heavy drinker. Yeah. I just think when you think Bud, you know, you think of, you know, Earnhardt and you think of all like just those jackets, the big fucking red jacket that says Bud on the yeah. front. Like it just screams NASCAR to me. Um, but you know, for, as for people, as, like, for people at home that don't know a bud heavy is just a regular Budweiser as opposed yeah. to bud light. It's a bud heavy yeah, in case correct. you didn't know, uh, I didn't want to throw anyone off on that one. <laughs> and they always had the best commercials too. Always. Oh yeah. With the, the Clydesdales and, and, and stuff. Always. The Budweiser the frogs. Yeah. yeah and, uh, what was it? Spuds McKenzie, the dog. And I love you too. Here's to what here's the football. <laughs> those were those Budweiser commercials. I thought I, uh, those were I Coors so. ones. I don't know. Oh, those no. for you. They would go like, "Hey, this, this is Bud's Bud's for you." Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was Budweiser. Real men of genius too. Yes. Yeah. Real yeah. men of genius. Yeah. My my dad. If I had to here's guess, here's to you, Mister NASCAR podcast man, Mister NASCAR <laughs> podcast man. <laughs> if if I had to guess, my dad would pick Bud Budweiser as well. The guy, the guy probably has stock in Bud Light. Oh yeah, yo yeah, loves Bud Light. All right, uh, so I'm last, right? Uh, okay, I went. Man, I went with. I, I don't. I don't so much because uh, I know you guys don't like Richard Petty. Uh, Matt, especially his whole family, I think hates Richard Petty. I don't but, hate him. I just don't, I just don't think he's all he's cracked up to be. Go but, ahead. But that STP logo. Yeah, I, you can't deny that. I right. can't like, see. As as I know. I feel the same way kind of as Matt does as well. Yeah. Regardless of that, if you see that logo. Yeah. Like I just, yes, I think Richard Petty, I think NASCAR, when I see Richard Petty, I see STP's logo on his hat, you know, his giant cowboy hat. That's just what I associate him with. When I see the little STP logo on a thing of a fucking uh, fuel cleaner, you know, I think about Richard Petty and NASCAR, the 70s big giant uh, 
Dodge Daytonas. You know, even though I wasn't alive for that, that's where my mind goes. I think STP and NASCAR are so synonymous with each other. It's absolutely insane. It kind of makes me sad that they don't sponsor uh, Richard Petty Motorsports as, as much these days as they have in the past. Even when I listen to the Stone Temple Pilots, I yeah. think about Richard Petty. You know, you see an STP t-shirt. I'm like, oh, is that the Stone Temple Pilots or is that a, a fan of, of motorsports? I can't tell. You know, it's just right. so like, synonymous. Your point, though, like when you go to, you know, um, your local auto store, you know, yeah. you, you see that oil there. You see that, you know, the cleaner. You see that STP. It's like, bam, automatically you go right to Richard Petty and NASCAR. And to me, one of them that, that almost made my list and, and it made my list of schemes that I really liked um, earlier in the season when we were doing the show was um the valvoline car um, yeah. to me you know that paint scheme it was like you said whitey it was simple couple little stripes on the side the, yep, the just red, blue, and red and white like it was just it, it was it was clean it was very clean and like and they've been around forever too so like those two i kind of put like you know yeah. right next to one another in a way of like the minute i see anything valvoline you're I go thinking to mark martin and nascar in the 90s. i almost had valvoline on my yeah. list yeah. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe uh, in a couple of weeks uh, in a future show, we'll do like most iconic paint schemes or something too. you know, maybe hit some of the ones that we, we missed here. But yeah, think, yeah. Valvoline, my, my love for him over this past season, like he ran a couple, um, you know, paint schemes, those old Valvoline schemes on his 24 yeah. car. And it just looked clean, like no matter what it was, like it just it's a clean looking paint scheme. Bowman you know what? Runs it too. Bowman ran Did you one. Just say that. Yeah. No, uh, we didn't. We didn't mention Bowman before you, but yeah, he ran a nice uh, Valvoline paint scheme. Uh, Someone you wouldn't expect, Parker Kligerman, um, in iRacing at least. I don't know if he ever uh, rode this one in the Cup Series when he was doing his part-time deal, but he had a really cool Valvoline paint scheme where you know you're we're used to those red and blue stripes. He did the stripes, yeah. but they were red and blue V's making up the stripes. Uh -huh. I just thought that was such That's a cool. cool, like twist on it where it looked old school, but it had a new school flair to it. I, I thought that was real cool. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Anytime I see Valvoline, I'm thinking NASCAR too. I'm thinking Mark Martin, really. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is just the top five we thought off of the top of our head. There's other great sponsors like Hooters. You think Hooters with, you know. Going back to Alan Kawicki, Chase Elliott now, Caterpillar, my guy Tyler Reddick, going back to the 90s with, with you know, Ward Burton and, and all the different drivers that drove the Caterpillar car. There's some real iconic brands that have been around for a long, long time. And I think if we sat down and thought of it some more, we could probably do a list of uh, 20 each and not oh, yeah. really cross each other. Throw, yeah. Oh yeah. Feel, Kodak, free to, feel free to throw your, yeah. Feel free to throw your, your favorite sponsors yeah. in, the, in the comments. Shell know. pens oil. Uh, yeah. Let us know in the comments, the YouTube video, uh, let we'll us know next week uh, on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, let us know. We'll give you a shout out. We'll, we'll read what your top ones are. Um, I mean, Napa was a huge one yeah. for a long, long time. I didn't want to go bias there. Well, yeah, but even going back to uh, the, the DEI, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, um, so tons and tons of great sponsors that have really been sticking with the sport for a long, long time. Hardee's, 
I don't know if they, they've done a car in a long time, but like when I think about Hardy's, I think about that Kale Yarborough scheme. And again, Days of Thunder. That Days of Thunder, man, it really made an impression on me as a consumer, as yeah. a kid. Well, you it know? hit us at that right age to yeah. get us yeah. into it, you know? And uh, let's see. We're getting a little late on time, so I'm, I'm going to skip this one for next week. Well, so we... No, let's all do them. We'll, we'll do the whole thing. So we just discussed brandings on cars, but I was kind of thinking, what about branding as a driver themselves? The other day I was watching some pro wrestling clips and I was thinking about how like pro wrestlers have their characters and their personas. And it got me thinking, do you think that drivers should take a note from pro wrestling? Now I'm not taking saying like, Oh, make some stuff up and create a character but like kind of play into some of the things that make you unique. Like, like my example, Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush is already hated. You know, he's got that rowdy persona. He's got the villain persona. He, he is. He's the bad guy. He reminds me of like Ric Flair back in the day where Ric Flair is a bad guy, but you can't deny how good he is. You know, he's just a great wrestler. Kyle Busch is just a great driver. Could you imagine the fans and the hatred he would get if Kyle Busch came out in like a big Ric Flair robe with like the 2019 NASCAR championship belt around his waist? Dude, well, already, and like you nailed it with with comparing him to the Ric Flairs of the world because during driver intros, he already comes out and he says boo himself. He goes, come on, let me hear it. Yeah, and, and, boo. Then the crowd, boo, yeah. and then the whole crowd boos, right? Like, so he loves that. He that that feeds Kyle Bush. You know, yeah. that should come around on his robe and it just says boo on the back of it, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Would, Turns around. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I was thinking how, how so, Whitey, you just you posed that question to us in our group chat um uh, through text the other day. Yeah. And uh my initial response to you guys was no, because I don't want gimmicks in our sport. This is we're, we're a sport. We should be taken seriously. Yeah. But one, after I got to think about it and you threw out like, like the, the Kyle Bush example, it made me think, I was like, okay, I see what you're saying Two, We can't take ourselves too seriously. Self deprecate self self deprecation is important. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and three, I, I, I like where your head's at as far as, not not creating storylines and, no. and you know having 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 Maddie Deep Benedetto get Stone Cold stunned through a table and shit yeah, like that. No, but no. like but like but like but maybe like actual actual physical characteristics that people what what's the word I'm trying to trying to like it resonates with them. So Dale Dale Senior it, w- it wasn't a prop. It was his mustache. Yeah. But like that iconic, the look. iconic mustache or the, the goggles yeah. that he yeah. wore yeah. inside the race car with the open mask. Richard Petty's or, sunglasses and the cowboy hat. A, a thousand percent. So yeah, yeah, I mean, just to bring more personality to the sport, I can see why we would, we would want to want to do something like that. I think one of you guys had a great, a great hy- hypothetical for like slick Willie B. Yeah. You know? With the slick back hair, he kind of dude. Like every Sunday, you see William Byron just come out slicked hair with a leather leather jacket jacket on. Like people would be be so confused. Like, what is this all about? 
has a name tag. Says Slick Willie B on it. Yeah. Like, once you see that guy roll into like to the drivers' meeting, you're like, oh shit! Okay. Like, yeah. Like, Blaney, like, Blaney's already a pretty boy, but like he should lean into like he's done the Fu Manchu a few times as like probably a joke. Lean into it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like throw that hair out, lean into it, and get get an identification of your about yourself you know what i mean it like that, like, like when people see that they know exactly who you are like sell your personality a little bit right. more i feel i feel like the guys in the 80s and 90s kind of did that but very subtly you know like like dale earnhardt with the mustache like i remember there's one picture of dale earnhardt where he shaved his mustache he just looks silly you know, yeah. because you're so used to it. I saw a picture of Richard Petty the other day where he didn't have his glasses and cowboy hat on. I was like, it's hard to recognize. Him. You know, you go, I couldn't pick him off the street without that yep. hat and cowboy hat or cowboy hat and glasses, you know? So like, I was just like thinking like what can drive, because that's a, that's a big complaint with a lot of uh, the generational fans where they're like, oh, drivers these days don't have any personality, you know? Well, that helps too. Like, you know, people like oh like how do you resonate with a certain driver you know and maybe you may like you said whitey like big uh pro wrestling fans so like hey promote yourself a little bit give give the fans something to latch on to and like just think of the merchandise that would come out of that you know like a slick willie b like just like in football like um i'm a jaguars fan and you know we had a a quarterback uh gardner Minshew on our team who was like just a rock star he was a rock star and like Everyone in the stands were rocking fake mustaches and wearing like cut off jean shorts. Cause yeah, he had a cool flow. He just had a yeah. cool look, you know? Exactly. And that, that generates excitement and, and that generates, you know, um, money and merchandise. And, you know, and you see one person do that, you know, then another one does it. And then now it's like, yeah. now those fans, it gives you something to maybe talk shit at the racetrack about and go back and forth. And oh, you, you would start seeing fans dress like them too. You exactly. Know what I mean? You'd see people coming in with their slick will jackets on. You know, I want to, I want to make a slick Willie B leather jacket. Now I feel like yeah. that's a t-shirt idea for our future t-shirt store. Once things really start popping off on the podcast, we'll sell some slick will t-shirts yeah. sponsored by polar sponsored by polar put polar <laughs> on the side. But yeah, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. And uh, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more next week or not next week, but next show, because uh, the next show I want to do. How did we find our drivers? You know, what about the drivers we like drew us in, you know, because I have a couple of examples why I became a Tyler Reddick fan. And, and part of it had to do um, not only with his driving style and the aggressiveness, but uh, an altercation he had. And I'll leave it at that. We'll we'll expand on it more next episode. But I'm just thinking, like, you know, maybe maybe you taking something off the track and and playing it up a little bit. You know, like we talked about Slick Will. He could have been pissed that Tyler Reddick booted him at the Roval. You know, Reddick could have played into that too. Like, hey, I'll knock anyone out of the way. You know, like, like shit like that. And, and Earnhardt did. You know what I yeah. mean? They they were friends off. You know, the racetrack, Great but they friends. made it seemed like they hated each other yeah the but fans they, hated it, each it, other it was all right it was all a money making you know like you said it's it was a gimmick. Almost like, yeah but it wasn't as far as like matt saying where like you make it's too fabricated. much fabricated yeah no but like 
you look at it now, it, this sport is more than just racing and it's going that direction the way it is as far as TV deals and entertainment. Yeah. Like you're going to see that they're going to look more towards the entertainment side of it than the actual racing side of it. So why not as a driver, take advantage of that? Hey, if you're not going to give me what I want in my race car on the racetrack, well, then I'm going to take whatever I can from your entertainment value side and make yeah. money that way. Oh, yeah, I, um, I, I tell you what, I, I came around this season to Alex Bowman. I was never a big Bowman fan. I just thought, I thought he was kind of vanilla and stuff. And then I started seeing him pop up on this YouTube channel that I watch every now and then. I don't know if you guys ever saw the YouTube channel, Cletus McFarlane. He's yeah. down in Florida. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't know, you're, you're listening at home. Cletus McFarlane has a YouTube channel. He's all about mullets. He kind of plays up the redneck thing. They're down in Florida, but they, they tune cars. Uh, they used to put turbos on everything. And now they have this, this track. They bought a short track down there, a little tiny uh, quarter mile track called the freedom factory. They built it up. It's just this big spectacle. And every, every month or two, they'll have like a gimmick race where they'll get, you know, 25 crown Victoria decommissioned police cruisers, put nitrous in them, put a roll cage in them. And then they'll, they'll go out and race them. And they'll do like the 24 hours of lame mullets or 2.4 <laughs> hours of lame mullets. That's and awesome. and Alex Bowman became friends with Cleus McFarlane. He would come and do those races, and I'd see him on on the races. And I'm like, oh, Alex Bowman's kind of funny. Like he he can take himself. Uh, he's not as so serious, you know. Self-deprecating. He, yeah, yeah. Even uh, Kurt Busch joined him uh, this past race. It, he raced with him and Von Gittin Jr. They were down at the Freedom Factory racing. Larry McReynolds, who's on my shirt today. Larry Mack goes down and does the commentary for all of the uh, the pay-per-view events for Cletus McFarlane. So Boy, like, the, the entire, I'm sorry, uh, the entire podcast, I've been trying to figure out what was uh, on your wh shirt. Who this old and man about, on my shirt is? About a half hour ago, <laughs> I noticed that it was Larry Mack. Yeah. And I don't know, you guys might have even saw me laughing like off to the side. I was like, that's fucking Larry Mack on Whitey's chest right now. That's awesome. That shirt is fantastic. Yep, it's Larry Mack with a uh, a Texaco shirt on, um, old school, like 90s, with his glasses, his headset. Flag? There's an American flag, and then there's some <laughs> fighter jets flying off from the other side. I think the microphone's blocking it. You can't. But yeah, so uh, you can get uh, you can get these on Larry McReynolds website, his personal website. Um, awesome. But yeah, just like those little things, like going out and doing some crazy stuff to kind of like, you know, I think yeah. these drivers are realizing that self-promoting is maybe they're going to have to put the work in and not just let their, you know, their, their team and all of that try to find sponsors. You look at the, you know, Brandon Brown and how his commercials that he made were awesome. Yeah. He's you doing know? the, the used car salesman I, thing, yeah, selling himself as a brand. Their, you I think were, the drivers saw that they realized this, you know, and Hey, maybe they're like, need Hey, we need to do this. Support. You yeah. would think in the golden age of social media too, it would be so easy for these guys to go out there and brand themselves. But I feel like some of it is like their, their PR teams probably dilute them a little they probably bit. Probably shy them. away from yeah, it a little you bit. You do have to be careful with every little thing you say nowadays. I mean, oh, one absolutely. Wrong slip of a, 
one one last of a word on this on this podcast and we're done you know yeah. so i understand that you do have to be careful but also like go be yourselves and there's nothing easier than hopping on twitter snapchat ig facebook doing a little video a funny video here and there we're showing your personality more um and i'm i'm surprised a lot of these guys don't take more advantage of that yeah, like Eric said, you look at a guy like Matt Benedetto, where like last year he was, uh, a, well, not even last year, like 2019, he was really fan favorite underdog. And then 2020, it kind of, you know, people are still rooting for him, but he was kind of doing the same old shtick this year. Now he's doing the, oh, woe is me. I don't have a ride type deal. And it, it kind of it puts you off away from that kind of deal. Well, you see, know, this is the thing. He tried the self promoting thing, but it was fake. It yeah. wasn't, you could tell. Him. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Can tell when you're trying to do something that's not normally in your wheelhouse, people can you know sniff I mean? out if you're not being people genuine. Sniff it out, and I think that's what happened. You got to give him credit for trying. Yeah, but I think he kind of rubbed the people in that um, demographic where he was going. You know, they kind of felt like, "Hey, you're using me." You know, so Cause, like because now you've alienated the people that were behind you already. Oh. It's tough. It's tough out there. You it's know? a fine line. Yeah. You got to be careful with everything you say and do. No. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, but I, I still think there's ways to have fun with it. You know, sure, um, sure. you just got to think outside the box, figure out how to market yourself. I think like Matt, you said it too. Ryan Blaney, uh, has done a great job without even really trying. I don't think, you know, I think Blaney's just been being himself, but he has a cool aura about him yeah. where you're like, Oh, he's got, He's got like a nice looking mullet. He's got his hat on his thick mustache. Like he, yeah. Like he looks like, like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd hang out and have a beer with that guy, you know? So I, I don't know. Just something to ponder. We're getting late in the show. We had another topic, but I think it'll pair nicely next week. Uh, I already show, I already said like, oh, we're going to, we're going to preview and we're going to talk about how we discovered our driver. So we're going to combine. Um, how did you guys become fans? And then how did you find your driver? We will talk about that on the next bump and run podcast. I believe, I believe, and we're going to try our best to get this out in two weeks on the 27th. We'll give you a post Christmas episode. We might all be together live and in the flesh, uh, or it might happen on Wednesday and we'll be over uh, a Skype call again. Either way, that's what we got to look forward to. I'm sure we'll have tons of NASCAR news over the next two weeks to discuss. We've got some open topics. Matt, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, since we're not going to be on, this is our last show before Christmas. Merry Christmas to oh, all of our yeah. listeners. Uh, you guys have been awesome. We see the numbers. We see the same people that, that listen to us. Keep it up. Keep spreading the word. Uh, we're going to be back and better, better and hopefully bigger next year for the 2022 season. So uh, Merry Christmas to you two, uh, but everyone who listens to us. Absolutely. You want to what, Matt? I'm glad you're thinking ahead. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, uh, have a Merry Christmas. Uh, happy new year. If you don't listen to the next episode, we still want to wish you a happy new year, uh, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, whatever, whatever you might be into. Uh, I just hope you guys have a great couple of weeks. We will talk to you again. Uh, in two weeks, we'll talk about how we became fans and how we found our drivers. Eric's panic kitty. Uh, we're running out of time here. For Matt, the Statman Riley. For Eric Daytona Ron, I'm Michael D. White saying have a good night. Bye.